Oh, pain. There's just pain everywhere. Oh, but I'm going to still give you an opening. Still going to give it to you. Get ready. Here it comes. Oh, rolling up for it. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, what's going on, Daddy Dom, submissive skanks and feminist fornicators? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Man, that was painful. Oh, hey, everybody, and and a happy new year. If you're not listening to this on New Year's Eve, uh, if you're new to the program, I'm your host, Billy Presida. This is the show where every week I talk to ladies I've hooked up with uh, about sex, dating, sexuality, and gender. This week's guest is a, is a special guest who I have not slept with. Uh, her name is Lady Zombie. She's a professional dominatrix. I'll tell you more about that in a second. I got to tell you guys why I sound like such shit. Went out last night. Got a little crazy. Uh, I went out with two people you might remember. I, I was, Sophie Delancey's back in town. She's visiting from the Great White North with her boyfriend. And then guess who comes out and joins us? None other than uh, than latex fetishist and, and and lifestyle domina Kelly Lee Decay. Those are episodes thirty and thirty four for you. Uh, so they came out. We all hung out. Uh, we had some drinks. Talked about the sex like a lot. <laughs> a lot of young screaming over a table about our personal opinion on whatever sexual matter that came up. Then we finally moved on down to IHOP. And uh, as soon as we sat down, we just started uh, talking about porn. It was awesome. (laughs) Like, oh, the people right around us must have been uh, fairly uncomfortable. But it was cool, like, being around just four like-minded, rocking people who had uh, very similar stances on sexuality. Uh, uh, Sophie's boyfriend is also, uh, he's in various lifestyles so he's a very sex positive person and and so we all had a fun chat but man is my throat gone hopefully it's not gone gone i think it should be back by the time uh midnight rolls around so i can yell and scream and lose it again sounds perfect oh man i got home and just everything started hurting when I woke up this morning. And by morning, I mean like I woke up at like 11 a.m. So I'm sorry, everybody. This episode's coming out a few hours later than usual. Um, you'll be fine. It's okay. You're surviving. Oh, Shout out, by the way, to Justin for uh, suggesting a title for, for you all. He said, hey, why don't you call them the slut positives? Hey, what's going on, slut positives? You know what? I I appreciate it's creative. I would have never thought of that. But I don't know that it's uh, super smooth. I don't know that's too, you know, that's silky or cohesive. But I love the idea and the concept of it. I mean, it sounds like a really cool like all-female rock band that has a male bassist. Hey everybody, next coming to the stage is the Sex Slut Positives. Yeah. So I don't know that that's going to become the official title, but I want to throw it out. I want to thank you to Justin. Feel free, guys, to uh, send me your suggestions 
of what I'm calling you listeners. Because until we come up with what to call you guys, I'm just going to keep coming up with nouns paired with alliterative adjectives and adverbs. Man. So it's New Year's Eve. I'm excited for my plans tonight. Guys, um, you know, last week I, I released the episode on Christmas Eve. Told you guys about how I was going to be staying home, uh, not going home for Christmas for the first time. And I want to say just thank you, everybody, for uh, for helping out, for saying nice, kind words to me. Uh, all the tweets and emails I got just, you know, telling me to hang in there or to have a good Christmas uh, really helped, uh, you know, keep me going that day. It was definitely like a non-easy day for me. Uh, I mean, I did. I was surrounded by people. I did not stay home watching Netflix crying. Um, so... Rest assured, I actually <clears throat> hung out with Monica, the cougar comedian you might remember from a couple episodes ago. Went out with Monica. She uh she had a bunch of friends. She had a bunch of comedians over, so I just hung out with like a bunch of comics for like eight hours, eating carbs, playing Cards Against Humanity. They smoked some weed. I watched them smoke weed. It was uh, cause I don't I don't really smoke weed, and I went over this with. Um, Kelly and Sophie and, and the boyfriend last night, I, I don't really smoke weed cause I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. And it always feels like a big process. It's like too much pressure for me. Anytime I do smoke, if I smoke, whether it's a joint or a piece or whatever, um, I always need like a coach. I need my, uh, my weed coach with me to guide me through the process it's kind of like, okay, uh, breathe in now, now inhale, now hold it in, now put your thumb on, put your thumb off, here's your instruction booklet. I'm like, oh, too many steps. At least with an edible, I could just pop it in and swallow. That's easy. Can't fuck up swallowing unless you choke on it if you're an idiot. So Christmas Eve was good. and I mean, I even woke up to a pair of Christmas titties from a fan. Woke up to some fan boobs. Love the fan boobs, everybody. This this particular lady, she uh, she put put like Christmas bows on her nipples, on her areoli, and sent those in. They were a lovely pair of boobs. Uh, so so thank you. You know who you are listening, and uh, anyone who wants to see them, they're over on my Twitter. If you go to at the Billy Procida, take a look at my photos. You, you get to see why I uh, started my Christmas off right. Uh, guys, I've got some shows coming up, some exciting shows. I want you all to come on out, see me do some live stand-up comedy. Um, starting off, I've got uh, this Friday, I uh, have two free comedy shows. Free, guys, meaning no money. I'm doing uh, t- two fun shows on Friday, January 2nd. One's at Parkside Lounge. Uh, they're both here in New York City. One's at Parkside Lounge down on Houston. That's at 7 p.m., uh, and then the other one's going to be over at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens. That's at 10 p.m. So if you want to come on out, let me know you're coming. Now we can do hugs and things. Maybe some alcoholic beverages after the show. Uh, next show is uh, next Wednesday, January 7th. I will be over at the Greenwich Village Comedy Club. I'm going to be doing a show called Blue. Uh, which is produced by none other than Manhor Podcast alum Jefferson. 
guys, I'm running into, I'm, I'm hanging out with a lot of special guests from the show recently. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's called Blue Sex Smut Comedy over at the Greenwich Village Comedy Club on McDougal Street at 8 p.m. Tickets are just uh, $10 with a two-drink minimum. Uh, every comic is going to have a blue set. And uh, the type of jokes you don't really want to tell your grandmother. We'll say that. Uh, <laughs> so that should be a sexy, fun show. And then finally, Friday, January 23rd, I will be in Secaucus, New Jersey. Jersey. I can, I can say that. Why can't I say that state by myself? I grew up there. <laughs> I'll be at Secaucus, New Jersey at the Blue Room Lounge. That's over on 201 Secaucus Road. That's an 8 p.m. show. It's 18 and up to get in. Tickets uh, you can get at the door are $12, but if you say Billy Presida, if you say my name at the door, tickets are only $10. Think what you can do with that whole $2, everybody. Think about all the possibilities and savings one can do. But percentage-wise, it's actually kind of a significant discount. So if you think about it in those terms, you're like, oh, man, Billy, thanks for giving me the heads up on that, on that fun discount. It's, it's going to be like a hip-hop comedy show. There's going to be music, like, a lot of, like rappers and hip-hop people, and then there's going to be some comedians. Now, I'm, I'm, one, I'm one of the comedians. I do not do the hips and hops. So, guys, come out uh, to one of those shows uh, this month in January. We'd love to see you all there. I love, see, love seeing my fellow whores. I like calling you guys whores. But I don't know. I feel like if I just said that to a lay person, they would think I'm insulting you. Because we have yet to redefine these sex-negative terms. Working on it, everybody. Working on it. Guys, the new year is upon us. And everyone's probably thinking back of all the sexy good times, all the things they have accomplished in 2014. One of you comments, what were your sexual achievements this year? Looking back, what are you proud of? One could also ask, you know, what do you regret? But hey, man, I'm trying to, trying to not think about all the regrets. I'm trying to think about all the things accomplished. And moving forward, you know, do you got goals for 2015? What are your sexy goals? Some, some would argue it's not healthy to have, like, sex goals. Um as Kelly called it last night, a fuck it list. Some would say that's not healthy. Uh, it it, it kind of adds pressure to certain actions in a closed timeline of a one-year span, and uh, sometimes you make them unrealistic so that you can't obtain them, and then you end up you know, disappointed the following year. And I say, uh, if you're keeping your goals reasonable, and if you're not obsessing over them, think of it more of a not uh, in a, in a a sexy goals list, maybe more of a like, ooh, wouldn't that be fun list? I think that's a little bit healthier. So I want you all to, to tell me what, what was awesome in 2014 and what are you excited about moving forward with the new year? Email me at manhorpod at gmail.com with your 2014 sexual achievements and your 2015 sexy goals or your, your sexy, oh, wouldn't that be fun? Zzz, plural. Manorpod at gmail.com. Um, send those in maybe in, a, in a, like a week or two. I'll, I'll read them out loud on the show. Maybe I'll talk about my own. I've accomplished some things this year uh, kind of by accident. Things I didn't expect to be doing. I mean, I'm looking back and a year ago today, I was uh, trying not to eat too much during the daytime because I was going to go to a naked party. Not an orgy. 
just the naked party. If you guys go back to episode one of this of the Manor podcast with Nikki from Tinder, you know, I, I tell you guys about the naked party. Yeah, the new, you know, the year was good. This was an interesting year for me. Guys, I'm so happy that I have now found you all into my life and that more of you keep joining me uh, every week. You know, this was a, this was just an idea that was floating around in my head for, you know, a few years. I didn't know what form uh, this, this idea, this concept of, of inter- talking to women from my sexual history, I didn't know what form that would take. I mean, I've thought about it ever since maybe like senior year of college. I didn't know if it was a blog or a web series or a podcast or what. I originally thought maybe I could do it as a blog. But I thought everyone's done that as a blog. Who hasn't at least talked about their past part and used their sexual history as a launching pad for a blog? So instead what I did, I made a blog called Unfriended All-Stars where every week I deleted someone on Facebook and then I would blog about why. It's kind of like a social commentary on Facebook friendships and privacy settings and such. It was fun. I did that for a while, for like a year. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Almost got sued a few times. But no, and then, then a year ago, just yet another girl who I was super into ended up not being able to date me. And I was like, fuck. Fuck it, I'll do this goddamn podcast idea. I'm, I'm doing it. And here I am. 38 episodes in. I've talked to girls in person whom I haven't spoken with in like sometimes five, six, seven years. I've talked to a, uh, a porn star, a sex researcher, an orgy organizer, a latex fetishist. This week we have Lady Zombie on the show. She's a professional dominatrix. And I've uh, I've accumulated a well I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sizable guys I would call it sizable a sizable following here of uh, of you lovely awesome fucking sexy beautiful people who tune in every week and who say hi to me online uh, and who in some cases, you know, fly me to their city or travel to my city to hang out. And I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of 2014. It's the year I got out of Jersey again. It's the year I started a podcast It is the year I started having uh, more real things to say on stage. And it's the year I stopped fucking people for the sake of fucking them. I've been pretty good about that. And that's why in 2015, I've got something exciting and fun and free that I want you all to, I'm curious to see if you guys would be interested in doing with me. I'm doing it either way. I just think it would be fun if I had a piece of the man or army with me on this. So every year, uh, this group called Improv Everywhere, they do a thing called, in New York City, the No Pants Subway Ride. Now, they do it in several uh, cities around the country and the world, like dozens of cities around the world. So, you know, if you check their website, there may be one going on in your town. But it, it's mainly in New York City. That's the hub of the main hub, central hub of it. Uh, this year, it's going to be on Sunday, January 11th. And the way it works is everyone kind of congregates in a place and we're assigned our subway cars or, or subway lines. And then we walk to them. And then at some point that we're assigned, 
We are to just, while on the subway, casually just take your pants off and just go about your subway ride, whether you're, you know, listening to iTunes or reading Nietzsche or talking to your friend. Just take your pants off, no big deal. And then everyone kind of, you know, the whole point is that people are going to kind of look at you and be like, why are all these people just who aren't next to each other taking their pants off? And then we all kind of meet in some other location, sometimes Union Square, and there's a big dance party. And I think there's like an after party at a bar where you can keep your pants off. And it's a lot of fun. I did it a few years ago, had a great time. I'm going again this year for the first time in a while. And I thought, well, maybe I can have some of you people join me. So listen, if you're interested in coming on the New York City subway and taking your pants off, I need you to email me at manhorpod at gmail.com manorpod at gmail.com and tell me if you're interested in something like this that is on Sunday, January 11th and and those of you who are will we'll set up a little separate time and place beforehand to meet and then we can travel to the uh, to the congregation together you, you should wear underwear by the way, that's kind of like one of the rules you have to wear underwear, I know it's difficult for me too, I don't like wearing the underwear I have a weird thigh-to-waist ratio, so shopping for underwear is difficult, but I'm going to have to do it. (laughs) So email me if you're interested in that. We'll we'll set something up. If you don't know, if you want to look into it further, you can just Google uh, No Pants Subway Ride, and it'll pop right up. There'll have videos from the previous years and stuff like that. It's a really fun time. You know what else was a fun time? Talking to this week's guest, Lady Zombie. Lady Zombie is a professional dominatrix um, and a, just an amazing, pheno- phenomenal, and fantastic woman. Super cool chick. Um, she, we, man, we talked about so much stuff on top of BDSM, obviously, and what it's like being a professional dominatrix. We also talked about, you know, foot fetishes and medical play and sounding uh, and, you know, 50 Shades of Grey. Super fun time, you know. Uh, talking to her. She's just a really phenomenal woman. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. And I, it's not even just her who's super awesome. Her uh, her husband, man, the dude makes, he's a professional fangsmith. He makes fangs. If you've ever wanted to just like, I don't know, be a vampire or a wolf, or I, I'm going to expose my ignorance. I'm not entirely sure what other things you you would be with these fangs, but they're they're badass. I'm looking at them. Super cool. Holy shit. So I guess the unofficial sponsor of the of this week's episode of the Man Whore Podcast is Ali's Savage Traits. Because if you want your own customized fangs, you should go to embraceyourhunger.net. Cause these things are fucking cool. Like if I wanted to be a vampire, th- these are the things I'm getting. So we're gonna jump into our episode with uh, Lady Zombie. I'm loud, so warn me if I'm too good. Loud. Yeah, no, no, loud's good. Loud's loud's perfectly fine. Okay. As long as you're talking into mic. Gotcha. Um, sometimes I'll have people who they're not used to. They're like civilians. They've never been on a microphone before. So like they do like <laughs> the side the side mic or. Oh no! Uh, I, I love that you just referred to me as not a civilian. <laughs> um, well, in the comedy world, like sometimes people will will call each other like the non-comic civilians. But I mean, you're also a performer of right. all different sorts. So uh, I feel like yeah, the mic work. thing works for me. It's easy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, well, we're here with uh, Lady Zombie. Hello. <laughs> this is uh, in in possibly one of the coolest living rooms I've been in. There's so much. 
so much stuff. I appreciate that reaction very I, much. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, have you ever been to McSorley's? I haven't. No? No. Oh, man, it's great. Or how about uh, Cubbyhole? I've been there. Okay, so you yeah. know their ceiling. Right. Cubbyhole is a, is, a, is a gay bar on the West Village, guys. And they have the coolest ceiling because they just have so much stuff hanging down from it. <laughs> it's like cows with wings and, and twirlers and pumpkins. And it's, I think it's awesome. Pretty and, much like every bar in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> and McSorley's, what they have is it's, it's such an old bar that they have stuff from pretty much every decade just all over the place. So there's history all over the walls and ceiling and so whenever you look at some place you see something new and here i feel like i can always find some new kinky thing to look at <laughs> on the walls <laughs> which is exactly what it is though um when you first walked in i told you that we pretty much tack up our adventures on the wall here right. so that's that's pretty much what's happening and every toy that you see has a story every piece of art has a story every photograph every book so there's a lot of history <laughs> do you have a do you have a favorite a favorite item on the oh no not at all i mean where's uh what what is what is this and and what's that come from okay so you're pointing at um a leather uh dragon tongue uh i guess it's a, a paddle slash crop okay. i mean it's um <gasps> it looks like lizard like a lizard tongue yeah it that's stings. what it looks, yeah it stings a lot i mean it's like it, two thin straps of leather for people and they're who very can't close see. together and they're split like a like a split snake tongue almost yeah. like you might see on some people and it's a long handle and basically you kind of rear your arm back as far as you can and when you make contact you try to only hit the skin with just the very tip and it's a very sharp intense instantaneous burn that kind of welts immediately oh, so man. if you don't like welts or marks or that sharp burn then you won't enjoy that toy right okay okay wow <laughs> ouch uh, <laughs> Well, so you are a professional dominatrix. Mm -hmm. um, how how long have you been doing that for? What's your your What's the lady zombie origin story? Wow, um, I have been dominating professionally for almost ten years now. Okay. Um, I've been in the <gasps> fetish lifestyle for a bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. um, it all started really, I guess, in the in the community attending. Um, kink friendly events and mm. things like that when I was very young, um, when New York city was different <laughs> and, uh, they were not scanning IDs everywhere you went, but I was mature and I handled myself and I never, you know, um, humiliated the people that were getting me into these places, mm. but I was exposed at a very young age and I was always comfortable with what I was experiencing and always curious and wanting to learn more. Um, so I started, a foot fetish modeling and doing videos okay. and sessions. And that's pretty much how it began just with my feet. <laughs> that and, and that's before the, the doming. Right. I mean right. it doing the, the foot worship sessions technically would fall under the umbrella of professional domination. Um, being get, paid how, to how, have people worship my feet. Right. How'd you get into that? I've, I've seen those Craigslist ads. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> Some of those are a little shifty, but yeah. um, I, Actually, I was contacted originally by a site um, that was functioning as buymysocks.com. Uh -huh. um, and they saw some of my early fetish photography modeling um, up on Model Mayhem. And I was contacted so you were through already, Model you Mayhem. you were modeling already? I was modeling. Okay. I was doing alternative modeling. I was doing some fetish modeling. Um, so it was, I had the look down, you know. Right. Um, and then I was contacted to do this fetish photography and fetish videos. And... Um, 
they went over so well and I was a hit on the site and okay. I was selling my socks and things like that. And, um, my worn socks and nylons, like yeah. the smellier, the better I was making <laughs> great money. I was so excited. And then they asked if I wanted to do live sessions. I said, absolutely. Yeah. And so since I'd already witnessed it and, in in the, the nightlife and everything, it was nothing new, right. what was involved and kind of how to behave and how to control the situation and how to be safe. So, when it was offered, I said, absolutely, I'll accept sessions. So they kind of acted as my agency almost, okay. and they would arrange these meetings for me. Okay. And, and can I ask how like old-ish we are during that? Um, when I started doing <gasps> sessions, I was 20. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Because uh, I, I mean, I've had roommates and friends who have done like, the, they'll sell their like socks or panties like right. online. They meet up with some guy at a Starbucks and do a little flash and then right, right. go to the bathroom and, and you know make an easy 50 bucks or something like that. Right, I, right. I actually almost sold some socks. Uh, <laughs> I almost made some cash from that. I forget what happened, how that fell through. But There's not as much of a market for, for men in the sock and nylon selling Recession, industry, but there you know? <laughs> is. There certainly is a market. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I've had guys... You know, they'll be like, "Oh, I want you to like go work out and then sell your like undershirt or whatever." And right. Nice and sweaty. I'm like, oh, "Okay." They love <laughs> that though, and it's it's all about that essence, which really I kind of joke about it because it's like you're giving someone some of your DNA. Like, yeah, here's <laughs> just like some of my skin and sweat and no big deal. <laughs> my here, take my body odor and just do whatever it is you're going to do with it. I know exactly what you're going to do with it, but that's okay. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, so the, like the lifestyle, Dom, the being in the kink lifestyle kind of led into doing it professionally. Right. 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 How, how'd you make the, the switch from being a foot fetish model to, to doing pro Dom work? Well, I was spending a lot of time, um, with a, a friend, um, who was going by Mistress Malice okay. and she worked for a little dungeon in Midtown on the West side. Um, that did mostly foot fetish work, but they also did um, pro-dom sessions and see, she would pro-dom at okay. that dungeon. And I would go hang out with her there when she did reception or whatever else, but when the heavy duty clients would come in who wanted some corporal punishment or something <laughs> intense, she would be the one that handled those clients. So and you would like started, hang in the lobby, do crossword puzzles or something? I would, or? I would just kind of cover the phone, I guess, yeah. for her, but... Um, it got to the point where I was, she was teaching me. Okay. She was teaching me and she, I was, I was watching her work and she was teaching me and we were working together then. Mm. And then it evolved, um, to the point where we were hired to do a fetish performance, um, in the, in the clubs. And I said, Oh, this is interesting. This yeah. is something I've never done before. And I'm totally interested. Um, and I actually subbed for her in the performance Okay, and she turned my butt the color <laughs> of, I don't know what it was the the night sky. Yeah, <laughs> it was intense. It was painful and intense and wonderful, and everybody loved it. And it was a beautiful show. And um, that was my last time subbing in public um, on stage. Right. You know, and then I started to just explore and really practice right. as the top all the time. What's what's like a DS show? Like what's that type of? Is that in like a theater? What? I, I haven't heard of those. So well, what's interesting, um, I've done BDSM shows in theaters on on a real stage. Okay. I've done them in bars, in nightclubs. Um, I've done them in dungeons where they're having private events. I've done them in private homes at um, secret swing events. I've performed fetish shows at all in all kinds of places. Um, sometimes you would never imagine that 
I want to I want to ask the age old comedian question like who books that and that's like what right so well I mean it it depends if it's a if it's a sex themed party or or a sexy environment of any kind an adult party mm-hmm. um, sometimes they just want to have something like that to shock their audience or entertain them maybe um, if it's a kink friendly event obviously they're already interested in yeah. and into that um, but I put together shows it's not just a St. Andrews, big X cross on stage and I'm flogging somebody. That's not it. I put together these really theatrical shows. So I create stories. Um, Sometimes I reenact something that has been done in cinema already and I'll create a fetish version of that on stage. Like I did a a reenactment of Grease once at a 1950s theme fetish party and I was Sandy after she turns hot at the end, (laughs) you know, and my friend uh, Lamorta was Frenchie, the girl with the pink hair. Yeah, yeah. And what we did was she makes me all hot and now I'm wearing the leather jacket and the tight pants and the red high heels and then the John Travolta character who was played by her husband, he comes in and instead of, you know, going off into the sunset with him, like in the movie, um, we beat him because he didn't like me the way I was. <laughs> Do you bend him over uh, Grease Lightning? His like, hands are on the I hood. Wish, <laughs> I wish we had the car, but we were on a really cool stage in like a rock theme bar, so it, it worked. And um, we just tortured him, and instead of the Shake Shack where they dance in the end of the movie, yeah. um, we were pushing him back and forth between us, and then we, we cut his throat and kill him at the end. It's really Whoa, cute, but okay. not actually. <laughs> theatrical like i said <laughs> took, took a left turn there okay i uh i it's funny you mentioned that you guys would like recreate things from like the movies i uh i've only been the one burlesque show i was visiting a, a partner of mine in philly about a year ago and they had some sort of like i guess there was a local burlesque show that was monthly and every month they did um, each dance was on is all based off of like the same director. So they have like a John Hughes night. They have a awesome. Tarantino. I went when they did the uh, apparently the Stanley Kubrick themed oh, no. burlesque. My <laughs> first burlesque show. Okay, this is my introduction <laughs> to it. And I they they did The Shining, and it was horrifying. It was <laughs> I'm oddly aroused and scared at the same time. It's, I think that's wonderful. I love neo burlesque <laughs> when they just escape from the classic world and do things that make you uncomfortable yeah i i mean i I was like okay i'm down with the concept but oh man i'm a little confused right now because like they did clockwork orange and they did do that scene and i'm like Uh, i don't know how i'm supposed to feel right now that's great and i think that's part of it though that's the magic you like you leave people you're you're enticed and you're excited you know you're stimulated but you're you're freaked out i love to do that on stage (laughs) I love to do that. Like just that build up. Like you started off erotic and you're teasing your audience, you're teasing the person you're playing with, and then it gets violent and then it ends with who knows what it. It's always different in my shows. But um I love that and totally respect it. Do you do the same thing in like uh private scenes or professional, you know, like scenes with clients whoever? Um some scenes are kind of very loosely scripted. Um I'll get a breakdown from a client of, you know, what their fantasy is. And I'll build out from that. I don't like working off a specific script. So if I get someone um, inquiring about a private session um, and they are, they want word for word something, that I don't really want to, you're not giving me any leeway to dominate you because now you've told me everything that yeah. I'm going to do. So there's no surprise, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no surprise element. I'm not pushing your limits at all. We're, I'm not really, I'm not really being dominant. I'm doing everything that you told me to do. Mm-hmm. So I, 
and I, you know, I don't like people who top from the bottom, <laughs> you know, unless that's the arrangement we have. So yeah, that doesn't really work for me, but I, I like to be creative and I like to understand, you know, tell me what your fetish is. What's your kink? What are you looking for? And let me work with it because mm. I'll take you there, you know? Okay. That's really cool. What was, what was like doing your first like professional solo scene like? I, I got to imagine that's similar to being first time on stage. We're like, are you nervous? Are you excited? Or what's... Well, I think that, you know, the first scenes I, w I was doing um, were in those videos, right? Because I didn't know who the sub was going to be in those videos. So it's just happening, you know, and I'm, I'm working with the person and it's not being cut or anything. There's not like pause, let's change camera positions. It's not like shooting um, some erotic movie or something. Not, it's just mm. shooting straight through a scene. Um, so that was kind of my first real um, exposure to it. Mm -hmm. But being in the dungeon the first time, mm -hmm. that, that was an intense experience. I still remember everything. The client walked in, stripped down immediately, wanted to be totally vulnerable to me, took off my shoes, my socks stung to high heaven. That's what he wanted, you know, so I prepared for it, didn't wash them for a week. Um, and he was just in love and fascinated and it was intense. It was really intense. And, and I understood that he would probably, I saw just that weakness and vulnerability and, and I knew that he would do anything that I wanted. And I just instructed how I wanted myself worshiped and I let him just have his way with my feet as well. And, and it was intense since I started, you know, with foot fetish and that was pretty fun. It was fun. So you think, uh, so it was like the foot fetish, was that like a good intro to yeah, that type I'm, of work? Because it's, it's, there's not so much required. I mean, it's, there's still, I mean, there's different kinds of foot fetish, right? right? There's, you just get a massage or maybe they're painting your toenails or maybe they want to suck on your toes, mm. but then maybe they want force foot fetish. So now you're tying them up and you're gagging them with your nylons or something. And it's this whole big uh, over the top scene, you know, it could be, there's so many different levels of it. So foot fetish can be very simple, but it can be very complicated as yeah. well. It depends on the person, what they're looking for, you know, yeah. and how, how willing they are to let me just kind of run with it as well. I love to put all my energy into a scene if I can, right. but some people just want it simple. They just want to go in and, and touch your feet because they don't get that in their life. Right. Okay. And I guess that works in other kinds of sessions too, the really hardcore, um, lots of different implements being used, heavy pain sessions, things like that. Um, maybe predicament sessions where you put someone in a, a scary situation almost. What's like a scary situation um, you well, might do? I tied someone up once in a way that if they tried to get free, they would be um, impaled anally by this giant dildo. Shut up. Yeah. There's a way to do that. Well, I figured it out. I was I get Stop really creative. It. That's <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think Anne Rice is my inspiration behind <laughs> some of that. If you've read her Sleeping Beauty trilogy. Oh. <laughs> um yeah. But I mean There's he, a trilogy. He didn't. There's Hold a trilogy. On. There's a trilogy. There's three. There are three books and they are the, okay, whenever I only know the one that seems like kind of like date rape. That's the only one I'm familiar with. Oh, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so check this out. Um what I do with my with my um, personal servants, right. if they want to work for me, they must first read those three books, and then tell me You've what got they feel. Homework, like reading. I have homework. Reading homework. I, if you don't like that's to read, I don't want to do anything. That's with not you. sexy homework. That's like hard. <laughs> like sit down. It's hard. 
Take it's out hard. a number two pencil. Take notes. It is. Take <laughs> notes and tell me what you think. I want you to be intellectual. Okay. Because if you're not stimulating my brain, you're not stimulating anything else. Right. right. And I can someone. Love it. I can be paid to deal with. You're fine. I can be paid to deal with people who. You know, I, I don't need to be intellectual with them because we're going into a scene and then the scene is over and that's it. But if I'm going to be around you all the time mm-hmm. because you're serving me privately, then there has to be something else about you. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. Um, wait, so now t- tell me more about these. The situ- I'm still <laughs> trying to wrap my head around. You tied them up. <laughs> that somehow there's a dildo also tied or I, I'm, I'm, I can't picture it. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, okay, so is is he like on a on a bed? Is he on a cross? What's he? He's suspended from the um, the ceiling, anchored hand straps. Do you okay. know what I mean? Like the spreader bar with the the straps on them. And okay, does that make sense? Yeah, Have yeah, you yeah. seen those? You and might then, see him in a gym. Kind of, kind of some, but yeah. they there's literally like a lever you pull on the wall that makes it raise and lower and things like that and and then I I tied his legs separately out from beyond that and I I had the dildo right positioned on a chair right underneath so, so like if he if he kind of squirms if he a struggled bit. too much and and dropped out it would he would land right on it but if he stayed still like a good boy he get the he wouldn't move up and down he would just kind of stay right. there. Okay. Exactly. And, and then, then he could take all the other punishments that were going on. Right. So the the point was to have other things happen. Right. While he's up there. It's it's putting it's put it was putting that particular person he was all about being put in a situation that you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. <laughs> and the more sadistic and weird uh, uh, uh tortures or predicaments that I would come up with the better for him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. He was a great client. <laughs> That sounds um, really cool. What's like another good one? I mean, well, how, how about this? Um, if you feel comfortable, um, wh- how, you know, especially maybe early on, you know, uh, did you have like anything that kind of freaked you out too much? That was kind of like not not in the sense like when you said, hey, I don't want to do this just because that's not something like the acting, but something that was like, whoa, this is too intense. Well, the good thing already. is, I mean, I I work out what my limits are beforehand. So there are things that I won't do that are on my no-no list. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't give brown or golden showers Mm -hmm. in a session, you know, um, or personally, that's just not (laughs) something I'm into. Um, I won't do blood play with someone I don't know in a session. Um, I won't, uh, I mean, just things like that, you know, like, like body fluids, just no. Mm. Um, I don't give foot jobs or hand jobs. You can go to the local hooker for that. Mm. I totally support the prostitution industry. It should be legalized. Right. Economy would rise. Just saying. Um, but same, I don't. I don't. Same. I don't do that. You know what I mean? It's not. That's not what I. That's not my specialty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what I do is psychological warfare. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm a fuck your mind, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna mind fuck you. Exactly. I'm gonna mind fuck you, or I'm going to expand your mind. So. Um, things like that, that falls under my umbrella. And then, so my, my list of things that I won't do is clear and discussed and I, they know what I won't do. So if they come into this room and expect something like that, then clearly there was some kind of miscommunication and that's their fucking problem. I mean, like I'm talking like the 20, 21 year old lady zombie, like new to the game, you know, was that, was there some trial and error or any like times where you just like, ah, this one's like a little too 
much for me now that maybe you could have handled now way better. I, I don't have any BDSM wise. I'm at. Unfortunately, I mean, I guess it would be interesting if I did. I don't, I don't really have any, I haven't had any. I mean, I, I find it better that you didn't get put into a uncomfortable situation. I think part of that though has to do with the fact that I wasn't like just an exotic dancer who decided to become a dominatrix or something. You know, I, mm. I was already exposed and I had an understanding of the mindset of the submissive from experience again in the nightlife from experience playing around like that in my personal life like I got it so I I knew what was cool and what wasn't for me mm -hmm. and I, I was always clear and I still am whenever I'm making um, whenever I'm scheduling something with someone like there's a conversation that happens I don't just take a booking and show up somewhere you know right. they email me and they I send them some questions like yeah xyz answer this and if you can't answer it then again i i'm, I'm just not going to deal with you because you already can't follow instruction of course of course uh and that's also just a smart way to do things anyway it's smart yeah business it's definitely business i'm you want to make sure you're what they want and that you're there's someone you want to work with i right the the limited times i reach out to particular sex workers like i do the exact same thing i don't want to go and waste Two hundred dollars on something that wasn't what I wanted, and now I'm well, leaving. That's there what I. That's pissed, what I mean. You know? Don't you? Don't you want to understand what you're getting yourself into to exactly. a degree? At least everything yeah. should be exciting and new, and yeah. you should experience things that just you weren't enough expecting. not knowing. But like, yeah, the va you know, and, and and anyone who has ever pushed back, I was like, that's not someone I probably want to work with. And not every dom is for every sub. I get that. You know, not everybody wants to submit to a thick and curvy Latina. You know, that's not everybody's thing. And and maybe my fangs turn people off. You never know. It's not their thing. But <laughs> maybe they don't want somebody who has tattoos, you know, mm. but that's um, everybody's into something different. Yeah. And visually, there are certain criteria that the submissive is envisioning in this dominant woman mm -hmm. that I might not meet and, and personality traits that I might not have. I laugh a lot in my sessions. I think it's hysterical sometimes the things that I'm doing and I, I'm, I'm laughing like it's the evil cackle laughter and then yeah. there's the haha this is actually really funny laughter and maybe I'm doing it to make them uncomfortable and that's part of the fun or maybe I'm doing it to frighten them because that's part of the fun I mean if someone gives you an evil laugh really quietly in your ear while they're blindfolded and they don't know what the hell you're going to do to them next that can be really scary and really hot yeah you know? but it depends everything there there's a <clears throat> case by case yeah totally totally in totally. every situation yeah well that okay so that's really cool because so again not something you jumped into it's something you had been doing in the private life already right what what got you into bdsm in the first place like what was the interest there you know we we've <clears throat> we talked a little bit about bdsm with uh kelly lee decay a few right. weeks ago and and you know she was telling us how like comic books partly got well, one how she kind of accidentally did it with her boyfriend didn't know that that's what bdsm was they were just doing that right and the other part about like kind of want to become a comic book villain uh what what's like your what was your introduction into that scene? I can definitely agree with a lot of the comments that she made when she was talking to you, just coming out of that kind of like geek fandom world, you know, where you're just, uh, my, my big, um, icon was Catwoman, and, okay. and throughout my whole life, I've always had this two side thing, like Selena Kyle by day and then Catwoman by night. And that's still what I do. You know, I work corporate by day. Okay. And then I have this whole other nightlife world that really is my real life. So who's, who's the woman behind the mask and who's not? Right. Okay. Um, but younger, I think it was just the culture. It was, um, 
it was the music I was listening to and the fashion that I was attracted to that was introducing me to people that were into similar things and then being exposed to the goth subculture and being exposed to this metal lifestyle and just all the things that were affiliate and then little by little becoming exposed to kink and BDSM through the community. Right. I, it happened like that. And then of course, I mean, even, even a teenager, you know, I, I started engaging in sexual activities relatively young. Um, my first partner's like, you know, bondage was always something that happened. Always, right. always. And it was just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to tie you up because that might be hot. But it wasn't like, let's do this incredibly complicated uh, shabari. I didn't know about any of that, yeah. but it was just something that was attractive already and, and exciting. And, um, one of my first partners was very into high heels and nylons. So wearing those things, because I knew that it was giving someone a reaction. Mm -hmm. It was, it was hot, you know, and I wanted a vibe off of that. So those are how my little fetishes started. My little fetishes with shoes and makeup and big hair and things like that. And then just that metal jewelry and spike collars and everything that tends to also be affiliated with fetish and, and fetish accessories and toys and things like that. Mm. It was already a part of my attire. And then, so it just, it was second nature almost. It was like, oh yeah, I've always been into this. What do you know? It's a whole life. Yeah, naturally. There's a, there's a whole, you know, commute, like you said, a community attached to this stuff that, uh, that I'm into. That's yeah. why it's so, I'm so lucky to have grown up in New York City. Yeah, did you grow up like you? I don't, I don't born and that. raised, yeah, born and raised in Queens. Um, okay. Always went to school in Manhattan. Always exposed. Okay. You know, I, I never had to look; it was always there. And whenever I was ready for it, it would present itself. So there was, there was really no period of being lost and unsure because I always knew. Okay. So a lot of people can't say that, and um, people in smaller towns and cities they they struggle to find the people that they can relate to. But right here, it's just in your backyard. You know? Yeah. You got, I mean, cause you know, I'll get to the community. Mm, I'll get to that in a little bit. I definitely <laughs> want to ask. Cause that, I mean, that's a really cool thing is, you know, that is a community. Um, just as a, a lot of these different, uh, things, fetishes, lifestyles all have their own community of people and support systems. I find that really cool. Uh, before we get that, I want to ask like what, you know, besides, obviously that you're helping someone live out their fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's kind of the difference between your, your dom, your doming like uh, private and, and for work. I think that what happens for me in sessions is always unique, but what you see, if you ever see any of my live performances, mm. that's a lot more like what's happening privately for me. Okay. Like I, I my live performances, I tend to go, not always, but I tend to go on stage with a, with a beautiful woman of some kind who's always smaller than me. And I think a lot of that, that's what I'm attracted to, first of all. And it's, it's also that dynamic, you mm -hmm. know, the looming goddess <clears throat> and the fragile victim or whatever she so happens to be. But that's my playtime at home. You know, when I come home with those girls, that's what's going on. Maybe it's not a grease reenactment or, uh, or something uh, like that. You know, it's minus the heavy costuming, but for the most part, yeah, we're coming in here and I'm pulling out the scalpel blades and we're having fun. And these are things okay. that happen on stage. So you're kind of getting a peek into, into what it's like privately for me when you see my performance art. <coughs> Okay, you said scalpel blades, and, and you saw <laughs> I, I shudder a shudder a little bit. 
and you know it's because with BDSM, I you know the partner I was explaining um, to before we started upstate, she right. um, she's really into the BDSM world. It's actually weird that she's uh, a, a, a kind of in charge with me privately because normally she's so the sub, but with me she's able to take on that role. What naturally. do you mean in, in her relationships? Or? In her relationships, in her just in most of her her kink play is all mm-hmm. her being the submissive. Uh, but when we hooked up, it was just very she just very naturally because <clears throat> I guess the vibe I give off, she just very naturally took on this like uh, nurturing, understood, kind of dominant role. But so but normally I'll get text messages from her just saying like, oh my god, like. Um, so and so just totally beat the shit out of me. I got these huge bruises. I feel so loved. And it's like, <laughs> like That's beautiful. And and so she she sent me a picture one time of like her like like an ass cheek just totally blue. And I feel like oh I get a little shudder at that because I'm very I'm a bitch when it comes to pain. I can't <laughs> take none of it. But you know you you say scalpels. Well, I I love what's, um, what's up with that. And this, mind you, this is only right. if you see me use scalpel blades on stage during a show. That person is definitely someone that I practice fetish with right. intimately in private. Totally, you know. Um, I I didn't even know that was part of the thing. So it now can I be. Wanna, I mean, so I want to know more. <laughs> um, medical play is is a huge interest of mine. Okay, not so much catheters and sounds and things being inserted. Uh, sounds, and, yeah, uh, sounds. Not so much that. <laughs> that's that's. Never here to judge, but ow, ow, yeah, ow. That's not uh, so much my thing, so sa- you can you can be calm. <laughs> sounding, uh, for for those of you not aware, sounding is is um uh you know you know those like videos <laughs> like in high school or college, people were like, gotta go check out Tub Girl. Like it's those things that's supposed to shock like two girls, one cup. <laughs> there was some video, I think it was called Kids in Sandbox or something like that. And it's like you go and it's this like really hot chick, um, big tits, like beautiful, has this um this this it looks like a dildo it's basically like a metal dildo um it's small uh and and then we see this guy the hard dick and then all of a sudden she's like caressing this cock and then all of a sudden takes it and like shoves starts ah shoving this metal rod into, into the urethra his, ah, mm-hmm. and and there are people who um derive pleasure from that or who who dig that it's just so the kits actually come in sizes that are really really thin like the lead in a pencil it's really really she took thick it out and, and there's just this huge hole in uh-huh. his dick and i'm like yeah and i think i first saw this at like 18 so like immediately i go <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i think it's fascinating i won't do <sighs> it though i won't do it's, it I feel it's like scary. it's too risky. Maybe if I were a medical professional, um, but I won't. But scalpels. Scalpels, yeah. <laughs> get, get me off the sounding. Scalpels. Um, <laughs> oh. I think my interest in scalpels has a lot to do with my interest in body modification as a whole. Interesting. So since I'm so interested in tattoos and uh, scarification and things like that, my my interest in scalpel play kind of came naturally as well. Um, I, you just uh, you just unloaded so much there. That's awesome. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Just... I tend to I tend not to <coughs> when I'm playing. I tend not to cut to scar. Okay. So I'm you know I'm parting your skin a scalpel blade as you know. I mean it's so sharp that you so can just fun. you can delicately run it against the skin and you're the person's bleeding but it that can heal you know yeah. and it won't leave a permanent scar now if you know if i get a little carried away then they might have some scarring but nothing crazy and keloided because i'm taking care of it and i'm i'm being careful but i love to make beautiful women bleed now what's that sexually for you like what's that about like what about that turns you on I or, think, and, and also them on i'm curious i don't have them here to ask well, the, but what they say is yeah. that um, 
that it feels fantastic. And I mean, some of these girls, they were probably casual cutters uh-huh. when they were in high school, you know, not always, but I mean, there's something about just a blade on the skin that can feel really good. It releases endorphins um, almost automatically, which is why people are cutters, but they don't try to kill themselves. Mm. They're, they're getting a, a little bit of yeah. a release and they're getting some pleasure from that, that blade on skin contact. So it, it comes from that. Um, and they're they're enjoying that that pain, and it's not all, only right, just cutters right. or, or people that you know have some kind of mental you know illness or they're they're depressed. Not always, not no, at all. Yeah, yeah. There are people who just like it, like people who do flesh hook suspensions. Yep, I saw it, that. It HBO falls into that world. It, it falls right into that world. Right, I have plenty right. of friends who do that. Um, and and so for me, it's the action. It's I I get extremely aroused by that how vulnerable they're making themselves to me. They are trusting me. I could kill them. You know, if I I were a serial killer or something like that, I would have so many dead people. But no, let me... (laughs) They... They're they're entrusting their body to me, right. you know. All jokes aside, they're they're giving me their flesh. That is the greatest gift ever. It's so arousing to just have this person giving themselves to you, you know. And it's that's power. That's yeah. that is a huge power trip. And then I I love the sight of blood. I really mm-hmm. love the sight of blood, and I love putting it there. And I love running the blade down the flesh and waiting that second, and then seeing the red appear between the flesh and it's I think it's beautiful and I love watching it heal and I love when they send me pictures afterwards like look how it looks today look how it looks today and there are some girls if you still like on their thighs they might still have my marks and I, I call it my cat scratches you know I'll do three lines and they can lie and say Your that signature, that's what it is uh, kind of that's a lady zombie right there and that's yeah <laughs> pretty much pretty much I mean it, I just think it's gorgeous and it's it's beautiful and I respect them so much for letting me do that and they they're enjoying that that sharp endorphin rush that they're getting from it. So right and now, now something you said uh, that I want to emphasize for those you know really not familiar with BDSM or who only read Fifty Shades of Grey and that's all they got. I'm very sorry for you guys. Read the Anne right. Rice Sleeping Beauty trilogy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's um you know you you said the word trust so many times there. Um you know BDSM it's not all about just like whipping people and calling them a little bitch. It's like which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, to my understanding, because I'm the outsider here, I admit uh, a lot, a decent amount of ignorance. To my understanding, for my kinky friends, it's about way more than that. And that trust is like a huge part of it. Uh, I mean, can you tell us a bit about like what BDSM is to you and like what it is past the the flogs and, and lizard tongues and, <laughs> and devil blood tongues? Play? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what BDSM is, it's really just part of my life. So Mm. it's just another extension of the many facets that encompass who I am. Um, I don't know who I would be or where I I would be without having that in my life and having that release in my life and being able to assume that power and and having these people um, give themselves to me in many ways. I, I I just I enjoy it so much. I, it's it's everything to me. It really is in right. a lot of ways. But strangely enough, and I don't know if this will answer your question further or make things more complicated. <laughs> I don't really engage in in S and M play with my husband. Okay, that's interesting. Right, but I do with my female partners. Okay. Um, but our dynamic is a lot more 
animalistic than fetish, uh-huh. right? And then with the girls or my male slaves, it's it's something different. So I'm getting that satisfaction in in different ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know. I mean, like you get different things from different people. I mean, that's I, I was I, I was actually having this exact conversation with a lover of mine on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I, I mentioned that uh, the the upstate girl, she um, that she you know was texting me about. Um, oh, I told you off mic, so they won't know. Um, <laughs> I forget. It's like what what are they? Well, like she texted me once. She's like, I just like when next time you come up here, I like really just want to give you a bath and bathe you, and then just take care of you and. In, in this like nurturing dominant sense and and this girl this woman i'm sleeping with now she she's like yeah no i could like never give that to you she's so not a dominant person um in the bedroom and it's like we were talking about like yeah like you get different things from different partners like some people i can get that from some people i'm gonna get this action from this person really likes to eat ass this person doesn't but loves <laughs> sex in public like it's you get different things uh, around Right. And, and to your point, what BDSM is to me, um, I think that all these things kind of answer that question, Mm -hmm. you know, why I love it, why it's important to me, why it's something that I can do professionally and why it's something that I engage in, in my personal life and publicly, you know, very publicly. I do these very personal things on stage just for people's entertainment and Mm. to shock them, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, the first time I I met you was at uh, this comedy show that uh, uh, a comedian friend of mine, Jay Nog, runs Mm -hmm. called Paid or Pain, which is just the comedian does a set and then the audience votes if they get paid or if you get to do all sorts of naughty things to them. Right, exactly. (laughs) And they, they pretty much don't know what's coming either. So if the audience votes that they're going to get some pain. They pick a card based on tortures that I have predetermined. Mm-hmm. They can get anything. And it's it's pretty funny and everybody gets into it. What was really <laughs> funny is uh, when I went to go uh, watch the show and meet you, the first comic goes up and like she's she's not doing so well and i could see like a minute or two in you just start you start grabbing a candle and started lighting stuff cuz she's like this one's probably going to be a pain <laughs> i can tell let's let's get <laughs> you were like let me get the wax ready just it's in case it's true i knew i knew the poor thing she i i felt i don't know there there are some people i just kind of feel bad abusing them and then she was one of those people um she just looked so sad <laughs> i was like i wish you were enjoying it a little more i mean i i'd have been i'm more i if that was me i'm more sad about the bad set than the again whipped i can handle like a a paddle i think i don't know i haven't but <laughs> i could probably handle that more than like you know bombing <laughs> right right and so it's it's like oh no you bombed and now and you, you also have to, have to get abused. It's that's that's rough. That's oh, that's that a is hard rough. thing. But then there there are those amazing comics who they did great and the audience voted for them to get paid, but they took a torture anyway. Oh, <laughs> just to be a great sport. And they're like, hell yeah, go ahead. Do, they, you do want. they hand you the twenty? We're like, well, here I should probably pay you too <laughs> for this one, right? This <laughs> uh, well, considering I told you, I laugh no matter what, right? So that's the perfect gig for me. I get mm-hmm. to laugh at them during the set and then I get to <laughs> laugh while I torture them later, yeah. whether or not they deserved it, you know? Um, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, you said, as an aside, you said St. Andrew's Cross. So, you know what? I don't entirely understand what that is. Can you give us a rundown of some things that you might be using in a dungeon? Like kind of teach us some of your, uh, your tools. 
Sure. Um, I think everyone knows like the paddle and the and a flog, but well, there are there are um, plenty of implements that you wield by hand, and then there are the furniture pieces. So the Saint Andrew's cross is a piece of furniture that. Um, most people have seen it when they hear about a kink, anything. It's been on Family Guy for crying out okay. loud. But it's just a, a, a cross in the shape of an X um, that usually leans against a wall or, or propped up on a, a stand or something like that. And usually the submissive um, or bottom will be tied or cuffed to this cross by their ankles and wrists. Okay. Why is it called St. Andrew's Cross? Is it like a really kinky saint or what? <laughs> Where did that come from? I, I know those dudes in the Vatican are having like gay orgies or something, I heard, but I don't know what they're getting I don't into. doubt that. <laughs> the terminology, I mean, there, there, there are different... St- I've heard different reasons behind the name of that. Do you have a favorite one? Though? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what's true, so I, I don't really want to mislead anybody. Okay, okay. But I've heard different things. I've heard different things. I mean, if you Google it, a couple of things will pop up. I love the kinky saint story, though, um, that you just shared. Oh. <laughs> so I might go with that in the future. Um, what else? Um, a spanking horse is another popular piece of furniture, which is pretty much like a little bench. Um, I don't know how to describe it, really. Um, it's padded, and there's sometimes a place on one side on a lower ledge where you can kneel and or you can sit on it and there's just multiple ways you can be bent on and if it has o-rings nailed in you can tie somebody to it more easily it's really just to be bent over to be spanked to be okay well multiple things can happen on it once you're on it but that's i guess the main uh purpose it has um some dungeons are really well equipped and they have some medieval torture devices like stretchers like you've seen it in um adam's family values when morticia is getting stretched like they have those things in 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 dungeons they have the wheels that you tie someone and you just spin them around. Um, they have stocks, which, uh, you know, your your head and your hands go through and then you can seal it right. from the other side. I have one of those in the corner over there. I feel like if I was like a kinky submissive, I would go the more historical route because I'm really in the his, I'm a big history buff. I'm, I feel yeah. like I'd be like, I want something that someone in the 1600s got. That's what right. I want. Give me that. I'm actually, I'm most fond of, of the medieval pieces of furniture as well and and very modern medical things those are those are my two favorite kinds okay yeah wow um and then you you asked about other things so there's the standard paddles that can come in wood and leather Mm -hmm. um floggers usually strips of leather but they can come in kinds of cloth or other materials as well um depending on pain threshold there are so many things okay and then and as you start saying that now i'm obviously like going back to Looking around this fucking oh, that's so <laughs> cool, so cool. Um, wow, that that's a lot. That's a lot. What would you uh, you know, every king? I, I have not met one kingster who has said anything positive about the Fifty Shades of Grey series. Um, I haven't read it. I read like a page. Someone reading next to me on the subway. Um, what? <laughs> that's as close as I Over got. Over the shoulder. Yeah, kink. <laughs> it's kind of like oh, let's see how bad this is. What uh. Someone who doesn't know anything about being kinky, BDSM, and then only reads that, anything you want to correct for them? A couple of things. Just um, only a couple? And I've, I've re- I read the books. Okay. I wanted to know what was going on. I like to stay educated on what the community, well, what people are being. The mainstream. Yeah. I like yeah. to know what's going on so that 
when conversations like this come up, I can educate. Right. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I'll say is 50 shades of gray is to BDSM what twilight is to vampires. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'll just leave that alone. And now, um, first of all, 50 shades, Christian gray is a misogynist and he's just very abusive in, in a number of ways. Um, and psychological is just one of those. I think the secret torture chamber is awesome and hot. That's great. Wish it existed. Wish I had my own. Um, live in New York City. Apartments are not big enough for that, right? Um, There's no trap door. I'm looking for the, <laughs> look for the one. I wish there was. <laughs> As he stomps on the floor waiting for the secret passage to open. It's behind the bookcase. No. Uh, um, you got to pull on the gargoyle's head and then it just <laughs> spins around. <laughs> I wish. I wish. My dream. Um, for instance, I mean, I, I didn't like how how his character would dictate what she ate and how much. I mean, that was stolen right from the movie Secretary um, <coughs> that came out first, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen okay. it. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it. Um, a lot of the concepts from Fifty Shades of Grey were derived directly from that film, which came out first. Um, it, it's just... <laughs> Everyone keeps calling it the housewives book of kink, but it really isn't. And that, and I wish that people would try to expand their reading. Cause there are further. like books that are like the housewives guide to kink. There are, I've seen them. On, right. Uh, and, and th the reality is it's, it's fiction. It's fetish-oriented fiction. So please don't think that this is what our culture is like. It's mm. not, and it shouldn't be. Mind you, there are people who, they, they actually write out contracts when they get into these 24-7 BDSM relationships. They make contracts. This is what goes and this is what doesn't. You mm -hmm. are giving up all your rights to me. And I just felt that he was just abusing her. And I think that what's so wrong about that and those characters is that BDSM, even if it's your submissive, even if they want to be treated like the scum of the earth, it's supposed to be a freeing experience and you're supposed to grow through your this experience, I think, and and evolve and become something more beautiful and become a better submissive and and just everything should be there should be something positive behind all that is construed as negative by the unknowing public. Mm -hmm. But there's none of that in those books. And it's just it's just abuse. It's just outward like domestic abuse. And there's there's nothing beautiful and a blindfold and 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 cuffs are not that's not all there is to it. I mean they're I mean, that's a great starting point and, and they're fun. Who doesn't use? I do, you know, yeah. everyone uses them, but there's just more to it and it, and it's just limiting and oh God, don't judge BDSM <laughs> by 50 shades of gray, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> um, also their movie is doomed because Charlie is not playing Christian gray now. Charlie, Charlie, um, the actor who plays Jax on sons of anarchy. He was supposed oh, to be oh, okay. Christian Grey, and then he turned it down. I think something about the role wasn't um, the role was too much for him. Mind you, he's like this murdering biker on another show, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. Well, what's sad is like I feel like if that movie's a hit, I feel like that's just going to be even worse. It will be for just the cons the mainstream it will perception be. of of. BDSM. I'll say it one more time. It, it will be a hit just the way Twilight was, and I can't understand why. 
I can't understand why. As someone who is very affiliated with the real life vampire culture, yeah. that movie is depressing. Those movies are depressing. I watched all of them as well. I refused. I, I did. I watched all of them. I wanted to get it. It's it's a chick flick for teenage girls, yeah. you know, for tweens. But they don't even have fangs. <laughs> <laughs> Depressing. Yeah. So wait, you rock, yeah, you rock fangs. Let's yeah. let's just briefly bring that up. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. Um, when I was really young and, and getting into this goth subculture and, and being exposed to kink, I was also being exposed to the underground vampire and therianthropic communities in New York City, which is just the shapeshifter world, basically. Right. Um I won't say lichen because that's a new term. Thanks lichen. to lichen, like lycanthropy is is um huh shapeshifters like werewolves are lycanthropes it's a, it's a term okay it's, okay um so people uh who who try to i'm not know, familiar i know i know, know people the, who um, like to do like pony play and they want to or a furry and they want to pretend to be someone else this is not this else, is or? not it's not like right, that at okay. all i mean that's a totally different ball game right, furries right, right. and i love ponies <laughs> but um yeah the this other entire subculture okay. that i'm also part of um yeah i rock fangs i I identify um, as feline. So when people see my fangs, they're like, oh my God, you're a vampire. I'm not. If I'm anything in the world, I turn into a lion at night. That's what, okay. that's what I believe. You know, that's what I feel. That's my spirit animal, so to speak. But um, yeah, I know, I know plenty of vampires and therianthropes, which another word right. for lycanthropy, another word for shapeshifters or wear creatures okay. or whatever you want to call them depending on um what <laughs> what realm you're coming from but um it's like that that's that's just another part of my lifestyle okay. many facets like <laughs> so I said. many there's so many it, it's <laughs> oh there's just so much and i feel like you could make a 50 shades of gray that's properly uh, done that's uh, more it, it representative has, and it would still be fascinating. You it don't has have the to... potential to be an awesome story. Yeah. But truth be told, and you know, to you and your listeners, if you haven't seen the film Secretary, watch it and you'll see how it's totally derived right. directly from there. Directly. <laughs> and that was done so well. And it's such a hot movie. And people in the fetish okay. community love that movie. So Secretary's got the, stamp, the kink stamp of yes. approval. Yes, okay. it does. You, yes, it you does. You guys heard that. Okay. <laughs> it does. The whole community will agree. When that when they said that they were making a Fifty Shades movie, everyone was like, F that. Watch Secretary. Yeah. Ah, and they were like up in arms about it, ready to riot in the streets. I'm like, calm down, everybody. This isn't Ferguson. Just... <laughs> it's just, sell down. <laughs> exactly. I know we're hurting, but. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Um, you know, I want to I want to end on this. Um, you So you're married. I am. Okay. And you met him after, you guys started dating after you began sex work, right? Um, no. Oh, okay. Okay, so we, we were friends. He made my first pair of fangs. My husband is a fangsmith. Yeah. He carved my first pair of fangs when I was in high school. So we were just friends. Okay. We started dating when I was starting already in the, in the BDSM professional okay. space. So you didn't really have to have the whole like, uh, breaking no like, way. The, hey, he, like by the way, this is on the I side. I did not for need to break the news. He was right He's there, like, yeah. encouraging that I do this. He's like, so do you have dinner? Is that what you're trying to tell me? He's like, <laughs> <"Are you?" laughs> he pretty much there was no shock. And what's great about it is we came from this world, so we've seen each other at our best and our worst. We have watched each other with other people. We, I mean, we've 
we've seen it all. So there were no surprises. And me being a dominatrix is just kind of like me saying, hey, I took up knitting just based on our <laughs> other off mic conversation. He would be more surprised if I said that. I think. Like I gotta, I, I gotta tell you something. I um, <laughs> I made you a sweater. He would freak. He'd be like, ah! <laughs> he'd have the reaction I had to sounding. That's he would <laughs> scream. He would. He. I don't understand why. <laughs> why? <laughs> Call in the therapists. I think that's a beautiful thing when like just two people can just you know like hey I've got this thing oh man I do too and it's not. Even- Use met him. He's a bone. He's oh, a yeah. bone wearing leather daddy oh, yeah. through and through. You know. I, I met you, you. Pointed at your your one of the pictures. And, like, and then that's my husband. I was like, oh, I remember. I, <laughs> there's no mistaking. <laughs> he uh, sticks out. We we make uh, for quite the power couple. You guys look like uh, yeah, quite the team. Yeah. Which by the way, the transformation you are uh, outside of lady zombie costume. Uh, Phenomenal. I almost didn't recognize you. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, because when you met me, I was wearing a PVC dress or something, corset clad, mm-hmm. high heel boots, bob haircut. Had the fangs in. Fangs, full yep. makeup. But now he's seeing me in my corporate after work. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Lady Zombie, uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, people... Yeah, I heard something too. I don't know. Someone died. I don't know. Died. Maybe. Are there are there bodies? Or is there something <laughs> you're not, you're not telling us something? Do, I don't do know I what that was. Edit that part out because they know that I, I don't edit. So it's uh. I don't know but, what that was. <laughs> um, if people want want to check out your live performances, because you do, you, I mean, you do so many things. You do these live BDSM shows sometimes. You, I do. You I do, do burlesque. You sing. Mm-hmm. You do all sorts. Yeah, of stuff. Where I, can I people check you music, out? So, um, if you want to, um figure out what my calendar's looking like. Um, I update Lady Zombie. Or if Zombie. you want a session. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so for sessions, for my calendar, for updates on everything that I'm doing, definitely go to ladyzombie.com. Um, check me out on facebook.com slash info. I'm on Twitter at Lady Zombie. I'm on YouTube on Lady Zombie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just Google me. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you hear a very soft laughter in your ear and you're Whoa. or scream from the background <laughs> <laughs> or what apparently a dog dying yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you for joining us and uh and and you want to say goodbye to everybody yeah have a good night everybody and i hope to see you soon in the underworld oh my god chills love it <laughs> Wow, what an episode, guys. Isn't that wasn't that fucking just cool? Super interesting. Now uh don't forget, now if uh Lady Zombie, she said it on the episode. Uh if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's at Lady Zombie, and you can check out her website, www.ladyzombie.com. Uh but if you want to see her live, she's got a couple dates coming up. She will be singing at the in here in New York City at the Bowery Electric on Thursday, January 15th at 8:30 p.m. Uh, and then she will be on Paid or Pain on Friday, January 30th at 10 p.m. Pa- paid or Pain, that is at New York Comedy Club over on 24th and 2nd Avenue. And me, as usual, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TheBillyPresita. Say hello. Use the hashtag ManwhorePodcast. Let me know what you think about the show. I always love hearing from you guys and girls and people and engendered people. You know, whatever you want me to say. 
whatever pronoun you want. So follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you want to say hello to me, if you want, you got a question, you got a comment, you got boobies you want to send me, or if you want to RSVP for the No Pants Subway Ride, email me at manhorpod at gmail.com. As usual, I hope you are subscribed to the Manhor Podcast over on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you know, wherever you like to listen to your show. Do make sure that you have left a review, a comment, a rating. Really enjoy uh, everybody and, and all of those who have now joined me through most of this year and all of you who will join me in the new year, in 2015. I'm really excited for it and I hope you all are too. Have a safe and sexy New Year's Eve and don't forget, stay slutty. <laughs>